Welcome to the Grace City Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. Ready for a message that isn't fluffy. Second Corinthians, we got one, yeah. He's excited. Second Corinthians 4, 1 through 4 is a text we're going to be reading from, and also John 8, 31 through 32. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Can we highlight really fast just the power of that statement? I think so often we can pass by in all of our lives, in every single one of our situations. The fact of the matter is that because of God's mercy, we can do what we're doing. Because of his mercy and his grace, he enables us to live the life that we live. Aren't you grateful for the mercy of God? I think we need to acknowledge the mercy a little bit more. That has nothing to do with my message, but a little freebie. Rather, we have renounced the secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, everyone say plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age, he's talking about Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. John 8, 31 through 32 says, if you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Come on, everybody say, know the truth. Know the truth. The title of my message today is simply this, know the truth. Let's pray before the preaching of God's word. Lord, we thank you for your truth. We thank you that it's a guide for this life. Thank you that it's alive and active. Thank you that we can trust in your word and in your truth. So help our minds to be open today. Anybody that came in here with a mindset of, of what they were going to experience, I pray it would just be broken and open. I pray hearts would be softened to receive your word today. And maybe if it's words we've heard before, I pray we would be enlightened and inspired to continue in the journey. We just want to continue in the journey. Champion the believers in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. This last year, we went back to our hometown for a trip, for some holiday visits, and it's always a good time to get on a plane with a bunch of kids and go back, see your parents, eat a bunch of home-cooked meals and all these things. It's just always a good time. Going home for the holidays is so fun. I remember we rock into my parents' house and all my kids are there. We're just having fun. And all of a sudden, my little brother, who lives about three hours away, drove up. And it's always exciting at my parents' house when our siblings come because we all go to the window and they're here and the kids all scream and it's just so fun. There's a lot of kids in the family. 
But my little brother comes and he starts to carry this massive case behind him. And I was like, this, he must be working or something. He comes into the house and he's got his gaming computer and a, a gaming system and a screen. And I'm like, bro, we're trying to like hang for the holidays, you know? And on my parents' kitchen table, he starts to set up this whole gaming setup. I'm like, this is really extreme. So what are all the little kids doing? Instead of playing with toys, now they're just glued to whatever my brother was playing. But he pulls this thing out of his case and it was like this white headset and it's called like an Oculus. And I've never used one of these. I've been a bit freaked out by them, if we can be honest. The metaverse freaks me out a little bit. Can we talk about that for a second? Freaks me out. Also, the characters look really weird. So we gotta figure that out. Somebody's gotta figure that out. Bring back MySpace. Bring back MySpace. But you know, like, he pulls this thing out, and I've always been so curious. You see people in the mall, like, swinging their arms on Instagram and TikTok, like, they end up punching their TV. And it's like, what is this world? But he pulls this thing out, and he's like, you want to try it? And he showed me there's, like, a Star Wars game. I'm, I'm a bit of a Star Wars fan, so I'm like, yeah, I'll play this game. And I put the headset on. I, I'm standing out in the middle of my parents' living room and put this on. It was mediocre graphics. It looked okay. But all of a sudden, you're just immersed. <laughs> I am a Jedi. And I start walking through, I mean, I'm like using my joystick, but I'm walking through this area. And it's crazy the world you're in and you're going through all these little, you know, you're going down all this little journey and, and fighting people, all this stuff. Well, finally, I go down this elevator and when I step out of the elevator, it's this platform into a giant like cavern and also you look up and it's just, it goes on forever. And the moment I stepped out on this platform, I can't even explain this. I'm in my parents' living room with no socks on, carpet under my feet, little gym shorts on, you know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, I felt like I was on the edge of a cliff. Like my stomach just drops, oh my goodness. I'm like backing away. I have a headset on in my parents' living room and I'm looking up, oh my goodness, my, my head is spinning. I'm so fearful, all this stuff. It was a really funny moment because the only thing in between me and reality was this little headset. I was grounded. My feet were planted. Yet in a moment, I was transported because of this virtual reality headset to where all of a sudden my mind and my heart were tricked. Isn't that such an interesting thought? See, it got me thinking, though, how easy it is for us to believe the lies of the world and take them as truth. Depending on how we view it, the lies can be reality in our brain. It's such a fine line. Just like that, I could take a headset off and the reality, the truth was there. But in, in, because of what was surrounding me and what I saw and what I heard, I was believing the lie. Isn't that such an interesting thought? See, I really believe that that's what the enemy has cultivated for us in our world. In 2 Corinthians 4.4, as we read, the God, Satan, of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel. In John 8.44, it goes to say, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to truth, for there is no truth in him. He, when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So we can see this, that Satan has really created an alternate reality for us. And I really believe it's this fine line of understanding how to see and, and differentiate between truth and lie. See, the way I look at it is the world is really our alternate reality. 
The enemy is doing everything he can do to make you believe that this world is your true reality. He even did the same thing to Eve in the Garden of Eden. She's in the true reality, communion with the Lord, the way it was meant to be, just like it would be in heaven. And the enemy comes, the father of lie comes to lie and steal. And in a moment, she takes the lies of the enemy as truth. And from that point on, our heart and our goal and our mission is just to get back to that communion with God that was broken at the garden. See, our emotions, our bodies, our attitudes, our feelings, our conversations, all of these things can so often feel more true than truth because you're feeling it. A conversation with a friend can feel so much more real sometimes than the words you read in the Bible. Am I wrong? It can feel so true because it's happening to you. But church, let me say this today. We have a freedom frame of reference. We are heaven bound. When we give our lives to Jesus, we now become eternal beings. We now have eternity written on our hearts. And this is now our true frame of reference. Everything should be seen through the eyes and through the lens of heaven. Where we are bound to. Everything that we do on this earth leads us to this great eternity with Jesus. This is our true reality, not the world that we live in here. So today I want to explore a really simple question with you. How do we differentiate between the lie of the world and the truth of heaven? How do we differentiate between the lie of the world and the truth of heaven? What's the mechanism for believers in 2022 to take the VR headset off to see the lies of the enemy and to see the truth of what God has for us. Are you ready for this, church? I hope I got something you can grab onto today. 2 Corinthians 4.2 said this. We've renounced the secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. So what's happening here, Paul is speaking to the church of Corinth. And people are beginning to use the word of God, twist it, and use it for selfish and financial gain. Paul is contrasting himself away from the ways of the deceitful men. And he's trying to gain the trust of the church of Corinth by simply telling them that they are setting forth the truth plainly. There's so much power in setting forth truth plainly. Making it plain. Making it simple. We don't want to complicate the word of God. We just want to make it simple. We want to make it plain for people. See, that they are attempting to preach it in ways that skew words. People are using the word of God and trying to morph it into whatever they want it to be. And he's simply saying, Paul's saying, the truth of the word of God holds its own. It's not his words, but it's the words of God. You know, it's easy when someone is convincing to believe them. Wouldn't you agree? If someone comes with all the facts of football to me, I would probably believe them because they would be so convincing with all of these stats. I'm not a stats guy, but it's pretty easy when someone is convincing. And that's what Paul is trying to break right here. He's trying to break. These people are coming, acting like they know what they're talking about. And he's going, no, 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 no. Bring it back to the plain and simple truth of the word of God. We got to make it plain and simple. 
You know, when we were first youth pastors, uh, we, had, we started this little leadership team of these students. Manny George, where are you? Right up there somewhere. Manny was on our student leadership team 10 years ago. And we were discipling these young kids. And there was this one girl. Right when Instagram came out, I, I don't know if anybody else was freaked out, but as a youth pastor, all of a sudden this app with like people just sharing pictures, I was freaked out. You know what I mean? Bring back MySpace. And, uh, but so she gets this app, she gets Instagram and, and she begins to post all of these pictures. And you know, most people, when they first got Instagram, they had these nasty little filters they'd put on them that would like distort and like the colors were weird and you'd put little borders around. Does anybody remember this? It was so cool. You got your borders, like frame that. This girl started posting these pictures. It was like, the most beautiful mountainscape you'd ever seen. And she was like putting in her caption, like took this picture yesterday. And I'm like, girl, you're 12 and you have like an iPhone two, you know what I mean? <laughs> then she like would post like this, this crazy picture of water. And it was just like way too good to be an iPhone picture. But she would like take full credit for these things. One time she posted these little yellow ducklings and go I, go, I went down to this park and took this picture of these things. And it's like a macro lens. Like I know enough about photography to know that like you didn't take that on an iPhone. Like that's just crazy. So Brianna and I decided because she was like so forthright just lying to everybody, we thought it would be a great time to train this girl, right? We want to disciple people. We don't want to leave them where they're at. And she had all these people commenting on everything going, great job, you're an amazing photographer, you should go into a life of photography. I'm like, no. So we met up, Brianna and I got her together in my office and we sat there and we go, hey, we just wanna talk about your Instagram. So we know that the pictures you're posting are not yours and we just wanna challenge you to like, give credit where credit is due. You could post those, but give credit, like found this online, thought it was cute, you know what I mean? But instead, in the moment, she just bought into the lie more. Well, no, I really took that picture. Well, no, you didn't. Yeah, I did, and I literally lean over to Google, yellow ducklings, enter, turn my computer around, first picture was yellow ducklings, the exact one. And she's like, they took my picture. I was like, oh my goodness, somebody took my picture. So we helped this girl on the journey a little bit. We helped her on the journey. What's crazy thing about this story is that everybody else is believing that little girl, that she actually took those pictures. Because of their small understanding of photography, they didn't know the difference. They had nothing to refer to. But because I knew you had to have a good camera to catch those kind of images, I knew how to differentiate between the truth and the lie. There was some sort of baseline for me to go back to to differentiate that there was a lie happening there. See, that's what the word of God is for us, church. It's our reference point. It's the tool in which we can differentiate. Paul used the word of God to convince, not his own words, because he wanted people to know the truth. John 8, 31 says, if you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See, when you know the truth, it brings clarity. You want clarity of purpose? You want clarity of vision for your life? Know the truth. When you know the truth, it brings perspective. It allows you to see things through the lens of heaven and through the lens of love. When you know the truth, you can find freedom and true freedom.
because you know how to differentiate between the lie. It divides the lie away from truth. See, when you don't know the truth, you don't know the difference. When you have no reference point of truth, when you have no frame of reference of truth, you won't know the difference. Before Jesus started his ministry, he went and got baptized by John the Baptist. And right after he got baptized, he went out into the desert for 40 days to fast and pray. He was getting ready to do the biggest thing of his life. He was going to start his ministry, and he took 40 days to go fast and pray. I think there's something we can learn from that. When you're about to make a big step, when you're about to do something big, you better set aside some time to pray and fast. Because Jesus is a great example of that. But what he did is he goes out for 40 days, prays and fasts. On the 40th day, it says in the word that the devil comes, the father of lies, and tries to deceive Jesus. He's hungry at this point. Hello? He's probably tired. He's probably hot. Pretty easy to lie to somebody when the reality in the moment feels disoriented. But there he is starving on this 40th day. And Satan comes up to him and says, Jesus, why don't you just turn these rocks into bread? And Jesus goes, man cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Take that, Satan. <laughs> Puts the truth right back in front of him. Then Satan comes at him again. Matthew 4, 5 through 7. I'll read it. NIV. Then the devil took him away to the holy, holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written. Hello, he brings it back to the word of God. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. See, what we can see from this church, listen, there's a difference between having the truth and knowing the truth. There's a difference. Having the truth means you can apply truth to your situation. Knowing the truth means you apply your situation to truth. Which one's the foundation? Having the truth means that you apply truth to your situation. In the moment Jesus' situation was hungry and the devil was trying to trick him with truth, he had the truth, but what Jesus did is he knew the truth. And so instead of taking a situation and trying to put truth to you're right, I could turn this bread into, into yeah, I could turn these stones into bread. What he does is he now takes a situation and he goes, but this is what the word of God says. That is our great reference. That is our frame of reference. But see, lies and truth can be so often impossible to differentiate because everything can feel so real. Everything can seem so real. It can sound so true, yet they need to be divided. And dividing lies and truth all comes back to knowing the truth. You want true freedom? Know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Hebrews 4, 12 through 13 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrows. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him whom we must give account. So we see very clearly, church, because of Scripture, the Word of God is our divider. The Word of God is the realest truth that we have. It is the very words of God himself. It's who he is. It's his character. It's his actions. It's his love story. It's the 3,000-plus promises that he has towards his children. 
It's his intentions. It's his heart. And it's all laid out in a beautiful mystery for us. Amen? It's our truth, truest truth. See, people ask me all the time, how do you hear the voice of God? Like, they'll say, hey, I hear pastors on stage going, I heard the voice say, or I heard the Lord say to me. The Lord spoke to me, and I wanted to share this. And they're like, how do you hear the voice of God? And I'm very honest in that moment. I go, I can honestly tell you, not once in my life have I heard the audible voice of God. That's crazy for a pastor to say, wouldn't you say? That's a little interesting. Not once have I felt the heavens opened up and light shine down and the audible voice of God speak to me, son, and the ground shake. Take off your sandals, you know. <laughs> I've never had that. But I really believe five times in my life. I can account for five times. If we go to coffee and sit down, I will share with you these five times where I have felt something so strong in my heart, so strong in my spirit, saying, you have to do this. Yeah. I just knew it was God. I just knew. It wasn't an audible voice. I just knew. But the majority of the time, what I tell them is I go, I think you're, you're asking the wrong questions. See, I think most people are like hunting. God, just speak to me. You want me to do this? Speak to me. He's already spoken. He's given you every single word you need for every single trial, for every single circumstance. The word of God is alive and active. It penetrates the soul, divides joints and marrow. This is what the word of God is. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You want to hear God's voice? Read the word of God. Psalms 119, 105. It says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. What are you supposed to do next? Read the word of God. His word never passes away. Matthew 24, 35. He shields us and we find refuge in it. It helps us to shine like stars among unbelievers. It's the bread of life. It was in the beginning. It is right and true. It gives us wisdom, knowledge and understanding it shows us the way it's hope it makes the impossible possible it's flawless it keeps us from sin when we hide it in our hearts believing in it we can never be put to shame it's perfect it's flawless it's refreshing it's living it's trustworthy it's enduring the word of God you want truth it's the word of God you want to divide lies from truth it's the word of God it is our freedom frame of reference I'm going to invite the band up as I conclude. I love to end my messages very simply. Because I can say that. It's the word of God. But what does it mean to know the word of God? I have five very, very quick points. I know I said five. That scares people. How do you know the word of God? So if you're taking notes, I'd encourage you to write these down. Number one, invest in it. Invest in it. You have to invest time into the word of God. You actually have to take the time you've been given on this planet and invest it into the word of God. Too many people are just searching for the promises on Google. Oh, I'm struggling with hopelessness. Scripture on hopelessness. No, you have to invest time and let it come alive to you and wash you and cleanse you and let the hope come alive as you understand the story of Jesus and what he did. For the past 10 years since I've been in full-time ministry, 11 years now, 
um, I have done a Bible study with men. I just, from the very beginning, I thought, you know what? I don't want to just be someone on a platform. I want to be sitting around a table with men reading the Bible. So every Thursday morning, where are my guys at? Would you raise your hand? We've got a couple of them in here. Every Thursday morning, 7.30 a.m., we gather and we read the Word of God together. And it's one of the most amazing times of my week. I look forward to it every time. I call Brianna every week after. I'm like, you would not believe what happened today. We sit there and some guys are opening the Bible for the very first time. Some people are admitting to some of the hardships that they've been through. And it's such a beautiful time where all of a sudden people are understanding the Word of God for the first time. And my response usually looks like, what if you actually did this every day? What if you actually invested in every day? What would happen in your life? We have to invest in it. We have to allow the Word of God to speak to us, give us clarity. And this is our freedom frame of reference. We have to ground ourselves in the Word of God. Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who puts his house on the rock. You invest in it, and it grounds you. Number two, memorize it. King David says, Psalms 119.11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. See, we can't wait until we're backed into the corner to search for truth. We have to know it in our hearts. See, the enemy of our soul is desperately desiring to corner you. Just like he attempted to do with Jesus. He came with all the knowledge of the word of God. He came with the understanding of it, but he didn't truly know it in his heart. Yet Jesus had the word written on his heart. And he was able to bring it in a moment. We have to memorize the word of God. Are you with me, church? Write it on your heart. Number three, study it. Coming to church and hearing surface level talks from me isn't going to be enough for you to know the truth. This, I mean, we're not even going to remember maybe half, maybe a fourth of what I just said today unless you were recording it on your iPhone or you go listen to the podcast after this. This isn't enough. We have to go deeper than our first look at Scripture. We have to study Scripture. We have to understand the context. We have to understand the history of what's happening. We have to understand the character of God. You can read things in the Old Testament and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe that that's God. If you don't understand that everything that God does is out of love, then you would look at God and judge him for his actions. But really, he did those things because of his love for his people. You got to know God's character. See, I would say simply this, buy a study Bible, read a trustworthy commentary, look up what the word means in the original language. So podcasts are a great way to grow in Christ, but they can't replace your individual study. We have to study the word of God. Number four, use it. Are you with me, church? Use it. This isn't just a history book. It's a weapon. It's a sword that divides. Its words are actually alive and hold power. The promises are real. When you encounter trials, problems, issues, use the word of God to find solutions. Don't just let it collect dust on your bookshelf. Release its promises over your life and claim them. Claim them. Use the word of God. Number five. It's our last one. Hold to it. Hold to it. What does it say in John 8, 31 through 32? If you hold to my teachings, then you really are my disciples. Hold to the teachings. You know, it was, uh, it was probably five years ago. Brianna and I uh, were back at my parents' house for another holiday time. And we decided to go on this little date. 
There wasn't a lot of dating at that time. We had a bunch of young kids, and my mom was willing to watch the kids. So free dates, praise the Lord. We went out to the local Starbucks, which is really the only coffee shop in town. And as we drove up, we walked inside. There was a, a lifetime, lifelong friend sitting in the corner that we could visibly see something was very off. I said hi briefly, and I said, we're going to grab a coffee, and we're going to come sit with you. This was supposed to be our date time. Don't you know, like, most often as a pastor, your date time kind of becomes ministry time, but it's okay, guys. We'll date in heaven. No, we won't. Okay. It's good. Something was off. You know, this guy was actually in high school, uh, one of the most important people in my life. He was, uh, like, four grades in front of me. So when he went into college... He would pick me up for everything. We would read the Bible together. We'd get together early in the morning, do Bible study. We'd go swimming, jumping off cliffs together. I mean, this was one of those people in your life. You know, the people you look up to, you want to be like. Went to college, came back, and I stepped into the youth pastor role. And at the same time, he stepped into the college pastor role at our church. So there we were in our first run of ministry, arm in arm, best buds, ready to do church together. Two years later, he had to move to Seattle for a job opportunity, and he stopped talking to me. It had been about two years, maybe three years at this point. And we walk into the Starbucks, and there he is sitting in the corner, and you could visibly see something was so different. We got our coffee, and we sit down with him. And we begin to hear as he's decided now to leave his family, to make a choice to destroy his family, to choose to step out into the ways of the world, to make these, these choices that are going to hurt every single person around him, destroy his witness that he will never be able to minister again, things that he decided to do. And we sat there with him, and I, my heart is broken. I remember tears welling up in my eyes, like, what am I even supposed to say to this guy? We were arm in arm preaching the gospel together, and now he has believed the lie of the world. And in that moment, I remember, it was about a three-hour meeting. We sat there in this Starbucks with him. And he sat there using the word of God and twisting it and saying, oh, but this is what the word says, so I get to do this now. And I was like, no, no, that's not what the word said. Like, that you, took, you took it out of context. You don't understand the truth in that moment. You're just kind of taking truth and applying it to your situation. After these three hours of going back and forth, us not budging, him not budging, we told him that we love him. We will always be there for him. Anytime he needed us, he can call us. And after a couple times of me reaching out and no response, that was the end of our relationship. You know, it's interesting though. He was so convincing. He was so convincing. He took the word of God and he shifted it in that moment. Where if I wouldn't have known the word of God, I would have believed him. I'll tell you that for sure. But I knew why? Because I understood. I had invested in it. I had memorized the Word of God. I studied it. I learned how to use the Word of God. And what did I do? I held to it. I held to the Word. So you might know of the truths of God, but if you don't live them out, you'll be left empty. We have to hold to this. James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. We have to hold to it. And then it says, when you hold to it, you're my disciples and you will know the truth 
and the truth will set you free. We gotta understand the truth of God, amen? We have every head bowed, eye closed in the place. I wanna give a, a chance for anybody who hears me speaking today and you've been living in the truth of the world in this alternate reality. And you hear me today and you go, what he's saying is right. There is a God who loves me. There is a Bible that is alive and active that tells us the very words of God. And today I wanna to make a choice to enter into a relationship with that God. So I'm gonna to count to three, it's really simple. This is just a step of faith. This isn't like instant life change. This is just the first step in the life change. But I wanna invite you on the journey. I'm gonna to count to three and at the count of three, I'll ask you just to raise your hand and, and let us know that you want to give your life to Jesus. One, know that God loves you so much he sent his one and only son to die on the cross that you may know life in this life and life eternal. Two, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. You don't need to wait any longer. You don't need to have all the answers right here, right now. Take your step of faith. Three, if that's you, would you just raise your hand? Come on, a big statement of faith. Yep, I see your hand. I see your hand. Come on, can we celebrate these people giving their lives to Jesus? Hallelujah. 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 Would you all stand to your feet? Church, we got to have a passion for the Word of God. We got to know the truth and allow the truth to set us free. So I'm going to ask every one of us just to raise our hands as an act of surrender. And Lord, I pray for a passion. Lord, I pray for a fervency that every person in this place would leave inspired, understanding the power of your words, understanding the power of the truth, that it can set us free. Let us not forget your promises. Let us not forget your statutes, Lord, but let us desire your words more than ever before in our life, that we would be able to differentiate between the lies and the truth today. Let this be our freedom frame of reference. Come on, let's sing this song together. Thank you for listening to the Grace City Tampa podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church.